The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Any good stories from the road? By book. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Welcome to the Georgia Show. Uh, pretty significant game in Athens over the weekend, guys. I'm Wes Blankenship. Uh, I'll be keeping these cats in order here on the show today. Jake Roos, Jake Rowe, Palmer Toms. Guys, you, you covered this game. We all saw it from different vantage points, different roles in mind. I can't wait to share those experiences with y'all after having a few hours to sleep on it and react to it as Palmer Toms did. Uh, and he wrote it all down. But uh, we all have our own thoughts to share. And uh, what a night, guys. What a weekend for Athens. Big night, man. Big uh, big for a lot of different things. I mean, you know, just some of the talk you've seen. I mean, obviously, it's so crazy. You, you do something like Georgia did yesterday, and then Alabama and uh, LSU play the game that they played last night. And, and, and uh, you notice uh, if you're an SEC final junkie like I am, with uh, Ben Watson and Takeo T- Spikes and uh, Chris Doring. I mean, I watch it every Saturday. It's like SEC one- After Dark is what they should yeah, call that show. It really is the only – it is the only sports show that I regularly consume. I mean, I listen to Besides like Ryan Rosello's pod- – yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't consume this one as much as I create it. <laughs> you mean uh, you, don't, <laughs> you don't watch the replay and just pour over all the opportunities, watch the film like game film? That's no, what I not do. really. Not really. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I, I listen to it. I, I listen <clears> to the pod and kind of jump through and listen to different parts. I'll skip over me and listen to Palmer mainly. Uh, but um, <laughs> bad, bad I, choice uh, there, Jake. Bad choice. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, ultimately, I watch it. You know, I watch SEC final uh, this rabbit trail. Uh, I do, and uh, you know, they started off at LSU last night, LSU Florida, which I thought was really interesting. So. Uh, you know, it was it was it was a big win, man. And you know, you've seen it kind of reverberate today, and and you know, big time bragging rights over a hated rival. Uh, sure, Jake Roos knows all about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just a massive win there for Georgia in a game that so many people said what couldn't be done, uh, and and it was actually done. I mean, exactly the opposite of the way everybody said that. Eric Ainge said. Eric Ainge said. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> well, that's that's one thing. But, like, you know, I mean, I heard I heard so many different people like, yeah, there's no way Georgia can really stop that offense. Maybe it can kind of get a few stops. Uh, you know, but, but you know, Tennessee's going to score. And Tennessee didn't score, man. They scored 13. That's How about crazy. Vegas, huh? Yeah. The Vegas, reason those I mean, chandeliers are so nice. Brother, Vegas took 97% of the money line cash. 
Like the, I, everybody was like, hey, man, I'm going to come in on Tennessee, get them at like plus 100. Let's go get my little four to one out of this. They're going to win. No, no. Vegas was like, I'll take it. You know, they hit a lick on those people's money for sure. Oh, yeah. Vegas was Robert De Niro in casino when he's <laughs> not wearing his pants and he steps out from behind the desk to get his hanging pants in the closet. That's a GIF description of what Vegas was last night. Uh, Buddy Dean says the Vols were exposed. Matthew C. was tracking with you on the SEC final show. And Rhett Womack gives us a go, dogs. Uh, no, I, to, uh, I, hold on. We got some Tombs County love in the comments. It's taking hey, off man. here. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, Santa Claus, Georgia, baby. Taking down Vidalia. Um, Santa Claus. Palmer, you rested. What's, yeah, what's going on in Santa Claus, Georgia? <laughs> Man, listen, I, th- now I'm curious to know, do you guys really feel that Tennessee was exposed? People said that. I don't know necessarily that I feel that way. I, I feel like it, what was exposed was that Georgia is a really, really, really good team. I don't know that Tennessee is a bad team. I think Tennessee may be the best team Georgia plays in the regular season, regardless of what happened yesterday. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. a lot of Georgia fans chanting overrated last night, and that's always the it. ironic thing about no. that chant. I don't. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but you don't want Tennessee to be overrated. You no. want Tennessee to be rated right where they were rated. And, uh, and listen, Tennessee, Tennessee earned what it got. Like it earned everything that it got. And I think Georgia <laughs> beat a really good football team. And the crazy thing is, is like I think Georgia out offensed a really good offense. I think Georgia out defensed. That that bar is not as high. Okay, <laughs> right. that bar is not as high. All right, and they out-defense Tennessee. They out-special team Tennessee. They out-coach Tennessee. Like, I mean, man, Georgia could have named it score. I went back and watched that game. And, you know, if Georgia stays on the attack and it doesn't come a poor – you know, you would think like, oh, this pass-happy, um, you know, Tennessee offense. I think that rain just gave Kirby Smart the excuse he, he wanted. He's been begging for it. He's been like, give me the chance. Yeah. Just sit on this football. And uh, to the there was a lot of Vince Dooley love this weekend, rightfully so, and that was a half of football that Vince really appreciated. I'm Did, sure. Uh, four times in the second half, they threw the ball four times in the second half. Yeah, is that right? Oh my god, it's <laughs> crazy. Um, but but look, guys, before the before the game, and you know Matthew C shares this sentiment here. Uh, Tennessee had close wins that people weren't talking about. They were highlighting Georgia's close wins over Mizzou and Kent State, but, you know, they were kind of conveniently glossing over Pitt, uh, that Florida game, how how Bama really should have boat raced them. I mean, that's things that Georgia fans were looking at and saying, hey, 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 look at that, look at that. But Georgia had to go out and prove it, and they did. And I think we all discussed and at least felt as long as Georgia didn't turn the ball over, uh, and commit a ton of penalties, which isn't like them anyway, uh, then look, they had a really, really good chance to win with that home field advantage, which was apparently historically elite. Ooh, Wes, it was – that is putting it lightly. I mean, um, you know, to, to go back to what Matthew just said there with the Pitt and the Florida and the Bama games that were being overlooked, I think – Tennessee got a lot of credit for those games because of where those teams were at the time that they played them. Uh, you know, Pitt being a ranked team early in the season, ACC champions last year, 
um, you know, a, a, a hot quarterback with Keaton Slovis, hot transfer quarterback there. They got a lot of credit there for going on the road and winning that game. And, and honestly, uh, you know, Tennessee probably didn't, there weren't a ton of expectations for Tennessee to, uh, you know, blow pit out that early in the season because people didn't know what Tennessee was that early in the season. Think pretty sure that was the second week of the season. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Florida, kind of the same thing, you know, with, with, with both Florida and Bama, those are two games that Tennessee has not won in a long time. So they get credit for winning those games, regardless of how they won them. So you're right, Wes. Um, uh, the, going back to what you said on the home field there, yeah. it absolutely made an, a huge impact. Um, you know, we, we saw it tangibly with the with – the, what did it come out to be? Seven false starts? It was uh, seven false starts and six sacks, I believe. Yep. And eight, eight, well, eight pre-snap penalties. And listen, I'm on okay, the same I'm on an eight-sack soapbox as well. Georgia had <laughs> you had, two you sacks. Have been. Georgia, Georgia had two sacks in that game that were not counted. Um, Tramel Wildhauer is a good kid, and he does not need to be robbed of sacks. <laughs> he has very few. To I won't stand. I won't stand for the Tramel Wildhauer over. Tramel Wildhauer doesn't. Same with Ryan Davis. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Davis. I mean, come on, man. What, what? What extremity has that kid not injured at this point at Georgia? And they're just out here swiping sacks from him. Shame on Georgia sports. Info. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave I, – I, I Tim Hicks, we're coming gave, for you. <laughs> I don't think they ever gave Wathauer credit for this sack, but they did give Davis credit, and then they took it away. It was yeah. in the stat broadcast as seven sacks. They announced it in the press box, and then they changed it to a just a run uh, for no gain there. Well, listen, if you want to go to my Twitter, at um, Jake M. Rowe, it's right up there. Go there, kind of scroll down. I got video of both sacks. They're well, both and, sacks. And, and They're both behind the line of scrimmage by at least hey, a half listen, yard. They, 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 had video, they had video of a safety, but they didn't ever turn That's, that either. Buddy. Well, listen, Look. we're talking about two different entities here. Like, like uh, I don't know if it's Tim Hicks, okay? We're not going to start naming a bunch of Georgia <laughs> names here. That's a Georgia show deep cut right there. I don't know who it is, but whoever's keeping them, hmm. I think I know who it is. Uh, <laughs> they got to get this straight. I, I think I'm going to have to hit them up about it. Listen, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I straight the I straight right before election day. Jake Rose starting a campaign a little bit here. Listen, it's it's fire. This is the like result. This I will not accept the results. <laughs> Stop the steal. This this is like a head coach who sends in films to Stealing the conference. Stats. This is like a head coach who sends in films of the conference of things that he thought were called wrong. Jake's going to send in, just share his tweets with this person uh, who, who will not be named and say, hey, these should have been sacks, right? Jake, Jake Rowe out here altering Georgia record books. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean no listen, question, dude. Look, I mean, there I'm, had to, look, I'm, that, I'm no Dave McMahon, okay? I'm no Dave McMahon. But, but <laughs> shout, I, out, I, shout I, out my boy, Dave. Dave McMachine, yeah, baby. Everybody uh, knows Dave McMahon. That reminds me of the Georgia-Florida all-time record. I mean, somebody had to be a rebel at the start of that to say, nah, uh-uh, that game doesn't count. Uh, back to the officiating crew. By the way, small note here, Bama fans that were complaining about the Tennessee game, I, I see what you mean. I get it now. There were some some dicey ones in there, um, but Georgia, uh, good enough to overcome them, and they didn't commit as many as, as Bama did. Uh, let's look at this tweet right here from Kirby Smart, and I don't think we need to overlook this tweet 
in the annals of Georgia history, and I, I don't want to overemphasize that, but Kirby's been a pretty powerful coach when it comes to using social media. Uh, and you look at 93K Day as an example of that when he first got the job, and he campaigned a little harder for that, went to the basketball game, all that stuff. But this tweet right here, guys, single-handedly sent Sanford Stadium and all of Athens into a feeding frenzy. And, yes, Eric Ainge helped, but Kirby started it. One, I'm, no, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind personally that Eric Ainge was the, was the motivator for all of this. I, I, think, I think that the disrespect that Georgia fans received was really what motivated them. They knew Kirby wanted them there. But for somebody else to come and be in that kind of position and say, look, this is not an intimidating environment, I think they went out of their way to disprove it. Well, and it wasn't even just Eric Ainge. It was Tennessee fans, too, taking that tweet and saying, oh, Georgia's, you know, Kirby is scared of this Tennessee team. Just <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of that, man. Out. Look, we couldn't escape it on, on Twitter, and uh, it was everywhere. But I'll say this was one of the – uh, you're, you're feeling yourself ist weeks on Twitter. I think I can remember from an opposing Georgia fan base that did eventually, I, I don't know if you want to call it exposed, but they got beat. They got punished. they quiet since. I mean, if, if you're a team, you want to, when you experience that, whether it's to the level that Tennessee was this past week, I saw it to greater, lesser, whatever. If there's any extent to it, you want to be able to do what Georgia did. You want to be able to, as a fan base, just kind of, kind of send it right back at them. And uh, you know, I talk, I, I, I talked with a few people after the game um, that I knew that I know that are Tennessee fans or, yeah, or you know follow the program closely. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, I talked to a few people and they were like, I just, I didn't see that coming. You know, I just didn't, I didn't think that the offense could be done like that. And you know, and I went back and watched the game. I just saw like. And they just—they really made Tennessee work for every single thing they got. Um, it blew my mind that you know that Jalen Hyatt catch to set up the touchdown was easily the longest play of the day. I think it was like twenty-six yards or twenty-four yards. Um, I mean, I just—it was just 20, dominant. Twenty-eight yards. Twenty-eight yards. Twenty-eight yards. Wow. Was, was and Stetson Bennett had like 49, 35. Like he was bombing. Fifty-two. Yeah, thirty-seven, forty-nine, and fifty-two. I believe. And and um, a twenty three if if you're counting, uh, you know. Thank I, you, Tim I, Hicks. I yeah, <laughs> I put out that tweet earlier in the week uh, of the t- plays of twenty plus, and, and Georgia fans have been calling for me to go back and recount now because obviously they know Georgia had uh, four plays of of five plays of twenty plus. Yeah. Uh, with with the Dejan Edwards rush in there, and I believe Tennessee only had one. Uh, play of 20 plus overall with that that 28 yard high yeah a lot of numbers that you like to see if you're a dogs fan uh we like to see fans like tomahawk dog sorry for covering your face up down there jake uh (laughs) tomahawk dog hello dog family great to be a dog uh welcome back in welcome back in Guys, uh, we're building a, a, a big old party over at dogshq.com, and weekends like this are really fun, and we invite you to partake. $1 for one year of premium content. Uh, Palmer had a plus story like that today that falls under that category, resting and reacting, as I alluded to earlier. Palmer, uh, don't give away the whole recipe here, but give us a little teaser, man. What was the, 
one of the one or two of the things that stuck out to you after reflecting on this game for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in the headline, Georgia left no doubt that the dogs are the number one team in the country. Um, you know, that coming into this game, they had the AP and the coaches poll on their side and the college ball playoff committee was on, on Tennessee's side. And I feel very confident that, uh, that they will be the number one team in the college ball playoff poll, the rankings on, on Tuesday when those get announced, um, you know, just, just overall, I highlighted a couple of the players that I felt like, you know, had to play well and did play well. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett, Georgia DBs, uh, you know, a couple of these wide receivers. Um, you, you felt really good. Uh, if you're a Georgia fan and you were watching this game, when Stetson Bennett was clicking on all cylinders early in that game, you felt good about their chances. You felt good that Georgia was getting Arian Smith involved. You felt good that Lab McConkie was getting, uh, you know, scored that, that long passing touchdown. Georgia, and I said it to Jake, um, you know, that, that turnover on the first possession – you, you did not feel good if you were a Georgia fan then because that was the one thing that we all harped on for so long. Yeah, as soon as that happened, I said, that's the thing that can't happen today, but they overcame right. it. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, you know, it was the response to that, not only the defense holding them to three points, but also the offense turning around and scoring touchdowns on the next two drives um, or, or two of the next three drives. Um, and so, you know, it, it ended up being, you know, with the way that the defense held them to three and then ended up getting stops after that. And Georgia obviously stopped themselves with the turnover, but then turned it into seven after the first two possessions for each team, Georgia had a seven, three lead. And so you felt like you, you had weathered the storm of that turnover. And, and then ultimately, uh, you know, Georgia continued to put it on Tennessee. So, the guys that needed to play well, you know, I, I said it earlier, Stetson and those DBs, they did play well. Um, you know, Stetson played very well. Uh, a guy that I pointed out on, on, you know, wrote a story about him, Keely Ringo, Kirby Smart pointed him out, said, that Hey, he how about Keely saying, I want 11? Yeah. I love yeah. the whole exchange with that. And with Kirby's reaction was just, I thought it, it gave you a glimpse and I'm referring to uh, Kirby's post game press conference. I will put a uh, link to that in this episode description. Uh, if you want to go back and watch that whole thing, I I'm really fascinated by this one, guys. A lot of post game pressers are kind of ho hum, whatever, but this one gave me a glimpse into how Kirby operates when a lot is on the line. And there couldn't have been more on the line in the regular season than this game, but he was still so business like about it. And he kept referring to, the plan, the plan, the plan, and a secondary bought into what that game plan was. Of course, he's not going to tell you what it was, but uh, whatever it was, it worked. Well, and, and let's well, and, I, I, listen, I, there's something I wanted to point out about that because, Wes, I was thinking about it too, and I think it's a good segue um, to it. Um, I, I thought about that, like, you know, like, man, he really did harp on the plan. Like, it was – you know, I don't know the fact that maybe there was some, you know, there was, I don't know, disbelief or, or just, you know, maybe some concern over whether guys were going to, you know, uh, latch onto the plan. I think it had to be a pretty tough plan, you know, like I mean, that's the, that's what kind of jumped into my head was like, you know, they were going to be asking a lot from some guys in this game and, and it was going to be a very, very difficult kind of all out relentless type of effort plan that only came together if everybody was all in and getting everybody all in wasn't easy because the plan wasn't easy. 
And, you know, I just – I thought that was something that really stood out to me after kind of listening to that press conference. And I, I encourage everybody to kind of go listen to that part, you know, to, to listen out for that and to also listen I'll make a about note. the – I'll uh, make a note. In about the, uh, the Keely Ringo stuff too yeah. because that was, that was some of the best I've ever heard Kirby, you know, kind of divulging a little storytelling there. On uh, on Keely Ringo wanting uh, wanting to lock down Jalen Hyatt, but uh, Palmer, sorry for interrupting you. I just no, want to no, get no. out there. I mean, you were really excited when you saw that quote. You were like, "Man, this is good. This is." Y'all keep chatting. Stuff. I'm gonna mute myself and uh, I'm gonna uh, get this get this clip and put it in the show. You know, on on Keely and and, and on the plan. You know, I, I think that let's not forget that it was Keely Ringo. The video that surfaced, uh, you know, from Kirby yelling at practice, it was Keeley on that opposite end of the yelling. He was the one being called out. Kirby and, and these coaches were hard on these guys. It was a hard plan. Um, and, and then, you know, another part of that plan was Javon Bullard and getting him involved and getting, uh, you know, bringing pressure, creating pressure in different ways. He bought into that plan, too, and, and, and you know, talked to him after the game. And, and he said, you know, hey, this was something that – I'm, I'm really grateful that the coaches planned for me to bring pressure, planned for me to be a part of that, and, um, you know, had incredibly blessed to be able to come through with it. So, um, you know, hard hard plan, hard on Keeley in practice, but also plan well executed, uh, as you could see with the performance of guys like Ringo and Bullard. And also, too, listen, anybody who's been around Georgia knows that uh, – Kirby screaming at anybody, Keely Ringo, other or otherwise, knows that that's not a unique thing. That's right, uh, right. I mean, you know, I, I understand yeah. people taking that news out of flash. Kirby was not shaking in his boots. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think uh, he was. I, you know, that's that's pretty par for the course. I think that he says that on an average Tuesday. That's not. <laughs> I mean, you you can be. Yeah, playing. I, I don't think it's out of the question for me to yell at Stacy Searles like that. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't. I mean. You know, he might he might yell at Jerry Moorhead like that. <laughs> hey, and, and and who knows? That may not have even been from Tennessee week. I mean, you know, for all we know, that could have been uh, the, Kent, the State, Kent State prep. Ain't no doubt. Well, yeah, no no one's confirmed that one, but we did confirm that Stetson uh, Bennett I'm, did I'm, get I'm his phone blown up Tennessee. by Tennessee fans. No, yeah, that's that, – that, it, it was, though. It's That's, that's – I – I don't mean to put any. I don't mean to put words in Kirby's mouth. I think that those were words from his mouth. Uh, that's that's a little bit how Kirby talks. Yeah, yeah, that's just kinda, <laughs> that's his vernacular. Oh, the Stetson thing. Shade to No Sean and uh, at LSU uh, over at Red Stick there, and in, in what oh, was it, two thousand eight? Yeah, shades of you know, but but he actually got a chance to 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 the home crowd, you know, to like to the to the opposing crowd and. Um, you know, too bad Georgia didn't get to win a shootout on Saturday. I was really hoping Stetson Bennett would check to either check off that legacy box. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I, I, that is something, you know, it kind of ties together, I guess, with this shootout there. But, um, you know, that's the only time I've ever heard that of being a thing was when Noshawn had it happen in 2008. And then all of a sudden Stetson gets it happening to him. I'm sure he turned off his phone pretty quickly. Yeah, you would think so, but every little bit of motivation helps, even if Stetson doesn't admit that that's what he used it for. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, guys, we're no longer a regional show. We have reached the Big Ten market. Bill Smith out here. The Georgia show is now in the Big Ten market. If you're uh, checking out the comments section on YouTube, uh, welcome, Big Ten. Happy to have you. Um, my, my man, Rhett Womack, I, I would like him to reach out to me via DM and we can talk about the uh, the proper way to frame up prima donna. Uh, <laughs> But, Not uh, before Madonna. I see uh, what he's trying to say, but that ain't the way it goes, brother. Oh, don't do it like that. <laughs> Hit me up. Uh, Hit me but up. anyways, wherever out. you're from, hit the subscribe button. We're happy to have you. Uh, look, I, I'm sure Georgia will have a very good chance of getting uh, its opportunity to prove where it would hypothetically rank in the Big Ten East. Uh, because according to Big Ten Country in the comments, it's third. But my favorite response so far has been uh, from one of our loyal listeners and viewers calling it the Little Ten, and that really sticks it to the Big Ten. So that was uh, that's what's going on in our comments, baby. Love it. Um, hit the subscribe button, though. You're welcome from no matter where you are. Uh, Roos, how about the recruiting section? How did that go? I mean, you had some names on there that would – like almost belong on a, a recruiting walk of fame. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, look, you're not going to do much better than that. Um, I, I, as far as the visit list, I mean, we had it, it was, it was stacked and stacked and stacked. Uh, listen, if there was a six foot eight, uh, 2027 kid, he was there. I promise you that too. So, I mean, they've, they loaded that one up. There's no question about it. And um, they delivered it in incredible fashion. The dogs did it on the field. And then the fans also came through, in such an impressive fashion as well. Um, you know, I've been updating the recruit reactions throughout the day and um, each kid I spoke to really, really blown away. Um, you can go read the whole thing at Dogs HQ, but I'll give you a cut of a couple of them. Probably one of the most interesting I read uh, was Sokovi White, um, who uh, is committed to Georgia for 2024, three-star wide receiver. Guy I don't think will stay at that three-star range for too long, but he said fan base is awesome. The fans won that game for us. And, um, you know, you heard it time and time again, guys saying, I was sitting next to somebody and I, they couldn't hear me talk. Um, every guy that kind of chimed in on this one said it was unbelievable. Um, it, it was it was everything you could have asked for, including the cherry on top, which was the win. I think that recruits, for the most part, can – kind of sort through wins and losses. I mean, guys lose throughout their high school career. It's not exactly a game uh, or a, a game changer for them. Uh, if a guy drops a, 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 a game, if, if a team drops a game, but I think at the other end of that is what the atmosphere is like, uh, what the town's like, uh, what the team approaches it as. All, Georgia delivered on all fronts and then capped it off with the win. Uh, I don't think you could have really asked for more. You heard it even from guys committed elsewhere. Um, Anthony Evans, another guy included in that recruit reacts piece. 
he said, uh, I'm just not sure you can replicate something like this, or I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that, um, you know, you, you hear that from guys that are locked in with other places that really tells you something uh, was special uh, about yesterday. It was, it was wall to wall. Every guy I spoke to had nothing but positive things to say, as you would imagine. And most of them said it was unbelievable more than I could have even asked for. Chad Simmons did one with Deandre Moore. And he said, I thought it would be like Alabama. It was nothing like Alabama. So uh, a lot of good stuff from those guys. That says and, a lot. Yeah. A lot of good stuff from those you guys. Yeah. Big 10 country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> that Northwest, that weather at Northwestern was beautiful yesterday. But no, get over and check it all out. Dogs HQ. I don't want to give all the the, the scoop. No, away. no, no, no. Like I said, it, every, it's every all there team. for you for a dollar. I think I think you gave them about a quarter, like yeah. an actual quarter's worth of information. Yeah. There. Every single guy I spoke to, and every single guy Jeremy Johnson spoke to, every single guy Chad spoke to, um, just blown away with it, and. Somebody in the comments, uh, I believe it was on a, on our message board, I think, at Dogs HQ, said, you know, this game won us uh, games in 2024, 2025, mm, yeah. 2026. Yep. Well, that's yep. what I was going to ask you. Maybe somewhat of an arbitrary question here, but well, can you think back on, on home field environments? I know this one was, was elite. It was great. It was historic. But George has had other big environments before. What are some other games that you think – maybe uh, helped Georgia reap some rewards. Not that one game can totally sway a kid, but one game that was impactful, and you saw the ripples of that in Georgia's recruiting. I, in my career, I would say it was probably Notre Dame at home. Um, that's probably the other one I would point to. That the, the night game atmosphere, you know, you get the new lights in, everything was just, you know, bananas in the town. It was palpable energy, and, you know, it was the same thing for this one. And – you know, like I said, guys don't necessarily, I, I, and I, I would encourage them not to base decisions on wins and losses for the most part. But the idea that you could be a part of something like what Georgia put on the field yesterday, that's what resonates with kids. And I think that you saw that at Notre Dame. Um, you know, you go back to that LSU game. What was that? 14. Um, it, you know, I mean, you're talking about just across the board uh, environments like this impact kids it plants a seed and a lot of these kids were younger um you know you had a lot of top 2023 20, guys on campus but there were a lot of 2024s 2025s 2026s on that campus yesterday and and uh, on the sidelines taking it in uh, i think that it plants a big seed in a kid uh, in a mind uh, of a kid like that uh before i uh tell you about a fine t-shirt brand alex waller is enjoying the show from medellin colombia medellin oh, okay medellin. <laughs> let me try that again rose got a till day on that <clears throat> let me try that again medellin. alex waller is enjoying the show from medellin colombia uh welcome alex Wherever you're from, Escobar, I was going to say this. This guy hasn't watched Narcos. No, I haven't. I, I haven't. Um, yeah, I believe that's where Pablo Escobar. Is I just outed myself there. All right, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what Alex Waller's doing. Man. <laughs> Alex, don't incriminate yourself. Uh, Alex, Alex may be an accountant. <laughs> Alex, I hope that's not your real name. 
Uh, <laughs> Marty Bird. There, there, there are some, uh, some real names and some real dogs on the T-shirts at Breaking Tea, and they just released this new crop right here, uh, the Bennett Bowers 22 collection. Look at that. They were ready to take that one to market. And then there's also uh, the NIL collection promotion that they have with several Georgia players, including your favorite tight ends, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, as well as the mailman and Christopher Smith, who uh, had himself a fine day yesterday. Someone pointed out that Chris maybe got away with some because Hendon Hooker overthrew a couple intended targets, but that's what pressure and home field advantage will do for you. Um, I've seen that mentioned, uh, Wes, I've seen that mentioned a few times. And it makes me kind of want to kind of want to redirect here for just a second uh, onto something because uh, I've, I mean, him and Hooker did over three, uh, overthrow I think three balls. Yeah, I know at least two of them. He got hit in the chest like a moment after, like at one time I think it may have even been during the throw. I think so. I mean, being hit. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I've I've kind of looked at our at the you know, volunteer message boards over at BallQuest. And, you know, I've seen them be like, you know, Hooker was just off. He was just off. I mean, you know, Hinton Hooker got sacked eight times, okay? I, I mean, eight, not six. <laughs> really nine, if you count one that got negated. So, nine sacks. He got hit He got hit a lot more times than that. And and he was hit on at least – I believe it was at least two of those deep shots that he tried to hit. And it kind of makes me want to go just do something real quick. It's like a yeah, but thing. Because – Tennessee fans, I see a lot of it. Like, I would like to see Georgia play Tennessee on a neutral field. And I'm – yeah, and then there's like, yeah, but, right? Well, my yeah, but of that is I would like to see Tennessee play Georgia on a neutral field as well. Yeah, but – and then, like – Are we inventing a a – like a segment Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think I'm into it. I'd like to see Tennessee play Alabama on a neutral field. Yeah, I mean, for sure, yeah. But I'm talking about as far as but. this game. Yeah, but I would like to see Georgia play Tennessee on a neutral field and Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington combined for more than three catches for 27 yards. <laughs> yeah. Georgia didn't even – yeah, Georgia didn't really even sink its – you know, sink the tap into the to the keg, you know, no. w- w- without those guys. I mean, I mean, come on, dude. Those kegs and, are still full. Darnell yeah. tried – they did try Darnell. Um <laughs> Stetson, I think, wisely threw that ball a little low in the end zone, but you don't really want to throw the ball low to a guy that's eight feet tall. So, uh, look, the the tight end's not being a part of the picture. I wouldn't have predicted that necessarily, but Georgia had a lot to prove, and and, and they proved it. And some of these anonymous scouts uh, are wise to stay anonymous with whoever they tapped in in those reported uh, deals where they talked to anonymous coaches, anonymous scouts. I'm not but you've got, to a, you've got a tinfoil moment. Is this about to be a conspiracy theory? Because I've heard a conspiracy I mean, theory. I swear to God, man. Yeah. I mean, two of them. Yeah. Not one, but two coaches like circling William Poole. Yeah. In that article. I mean, God, I don't know, man. I've got a buddy. Was Dan Mullen one of these coaches? One of my buddies thinks that Kirby did it. Yes, one of my friends thinks, just, it, thinks it was Kirby. I'm just sitting here. I'm sitting here looking at Kirby in his office with a bunch of different cell phones. Hey Pete, in front of him. <laughs> he just, yeah, he I, just. Hey, hey Pete. 
Dana, Dana Point Dog, baby, over there uh, said uh, no actual football man would say this. I said no actual football <laughs> man. No actual football man is a great screen name. I hope somebody jumps on the one dollar deal and says actual football man. <laughs> well, I will be honest with you, uh, Dana Point. We call him by his real name. It's it's Guna, Guna it's Laguna, or it's Gina, uh, one <laughs> or the other. But uh, that is who Dana Point is. If you if oh, you miss that. Long eye? If you miss that late, <laughs> if you miss Dana Point, eat. Um, if uh, if you miss that, you know one dollar one one dollar for a year. He's uh, he's up and running over at uh, Dogs. Ice and Holyfield. What, uh, Jake, you, call, you, you called him out yesterday with a thread, didn't you? Shouted him out. Uh, yeah, shouted him out. Yeah, I gave him credit where it was due. He yes, talked about how Warren Brinson and I mean, we're sitting here talking about a, a, a you know a guy. We're talking about you know who uh, he may not even be real. He's um, a legend. <laughs> he's a legend, Jake. He's not a, he is our collective nightmares come to life. Guna, Guna is also Kirby. There, right? Do, that, do we? we do, yeah. Do we think Guna is just Uncle Glenn? He may be. Never seen uh, him in the no, same I mean, comment section. I had, at the same I had to time. shout him out, though. I had to shout him out after the Warren Branson sack because he had said, "You know, ninety-seven and eighty-eight are going to take over this game." And I mean, they they really did. Them and you know, there was there were six other sacks other than those two. Um, uh, let's funnel heard. this. Let's funnel this thing down to our uh, to our finale, guys. It's it's fun. It's a fun night. But we've all been on the uh, daylight saving switch to. I believe they call it daylight spending is what we're in now. But I found that Kirby quote about uh, Ringo, and I know we talked about it 20 minutes ago, but I worked really hard to find it, so we're all going to listen to it. He's resilient. He's, uh, he, he's a competitor. You know, he, he texts me on, I guess it was Sunday morning as we were getting ready for Tennessee, and he's like, can I come see you? And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I want number 11. I'm like, well, that's – it's not the game I'm in. It's not what we're doing. We're going to do it the way we think is best. And I appreciate your energy and your enthusiasm, but we're going to put a plan together and we're going to ask you to execute it. And he bought into that. He practiced really hard this week. It was important to him to, uh, to play well. Um, clearly it was. Clearly it was. And that pick, stellar. Stellar. Uh, time for our weekly Sunday dog stock segment and guys I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off stock up on me in our other weekly segment chopping wood because I said on Wednesday I'm chopping wood about Nolan Smith being a key part of what this team is going to do even though he's injured and Kirby Smart confirmed that he doesn't want to quit he's a dog through and through and apparently he had some words for the team uh, before the game started, so stock up on me. I met. I, listen, I met Nolan. I was saying this on the board the other day. I met him in ninth grade after he uh, got his Georgia offer. He almost committed on the spot when he got that offer in ninth grade. <clears throat> Kid went through the whole ranks, played the recruiting game. He did play the recruiting game hard, and I was going to bring that up. But through and through, a dog, no question about it. Not many guys on that roster you would find that love Georgia more. He loved him when he was in ninth grade. He loves him now. Excited to see that. Love part. that. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Roos, you got a dog stock? Ooh, big, Hot big, stock tip? 
Yeah, big st- well, stock down first up on that HughesNet internet. Jake Rose rocking over there. I don't know what's <laughs> going on over in, uh, in, in Jefferson. It's uh, stalling out a little bit from time to time. But stock up big time on the <laughs> man. 22 out of Baldwin, Javon Bullard. An incredible game for him. Talked about him on the radio the other day. I think that he's a guy that Georgia really needed soaring for that one and came through in spades, man. Um, really like where this kid's headed. Be honest, thought he was a role player maybe when they were recruiting him. Uh, they saw the aggressiveness, really liked it. think it paid big dividends for him on Saturday. And, uh, look, he's, he's run into his share of adversity this year. Uh, some of it's self-created for sure. And uh, I was glad to see uh, 22 come through with a big game. Yeah, he rocked. He rocked. And uh, I had a gut feeling about him too, man. I don't know what it was, but he was, he was just nasty out there. Uh, all right, Palmer, stock up, stock down. I'll go. I'll go stock up on Lad McConkey. Um, you know, he's a, a guy that that has been, um, you know, through through some trials and tribulations uh, this year, and you know, opened the season with with a strong start against Oregon. Had had went into a little bit of a funk, a little bit of a slump, but seems like he's coming out of it now. Had a touchdown against Florida. Had a big game against against Tennessee yesterday. Uh, including a touchdown. Um, and, and that's a game that means a lot to him. Growing up a Tennessee fan, um, you know, in, in Chatsworth, uh, a guy that, you know, would have loved to go play for Tennessee. Uh, Georgia came calling, Tennessee didn't. He's, he's wearing the red and black now and showing out against the orange and white. So stock up on Ladd McConkey. He's, he's somebody that Georgia is going to need down the stretch. Uh, you, you know, Wes, you mentioned that, that Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington didn't really get going in this game. Well, uh, you know, they need guys like Lad McConkey for when Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington aren't going. Uh, and they need a guy like Lad McConkey, especially now until they can get A.D. Mitchell back. Um, so stock up on Lad McConkey, uh, little lad making, making big plays. Lunch pail lad. Yep. All right. Ro? Um, listen, got to point it out now, Georgia beat Tennessee, Georgia beat the number one team in the country without two of the guys, you know, and I brought up Jalen Carter and A.D. Mitchell a while back, uh, now Nolan Smith and A.D. Mitchell, without those two guys, two of the top five guys you'd have said in preseason, you got to keep these guys healthy, and Georgia lost 40% of that top five and beat the number one team in the country. I mean, incredible. Stock up on Stacey Searles. This man got blasphemed, yeah. okay, like for weeks and weeks and weeks while this offensive line was coming together. Played three bad quarters against Missouri. That is the that is by far the the most pronounced outlierish type of, of performance this offensive line has had all year. Uh, I thought Tennessee was going to give Georgia trouble. I really did. I, I that was my number one concern for Georgia's offense was, you know, I, I watched Alabama. And I watched uh, Pitt and I watched Florida and Tennessee just at times would just get relentless in those games of the rush. It looked honestly like what you saw from Georgia early in the fourth quarter, those that deluge of pressure and, and over and over and over again, getting to the quarterback. They had moments like that as a defense. They turned team, teams over um, quite a bit. Georgia fell a little bit victim to the, t- to the bug of uh, to that little turnover bug, but not so much. Um, there with with the pressure and uh, one of the one times they did Stetson Bennett made them pay and probably the game that and probably the play that um, 
you know, was, was the play of the game, in my opinion, was Stetson turning that third down into a touchdown uh, there to give Georgia the lead. But uh, what, a, what an incredible performance by the offensive line to handle everything Tennessee threw at them. Yeah. Hey, that, that, that may have been the play of the game, but to me the most impressive play in the game, Brett Thorson's punt. I mean, Kirby described it best in the post game. He said it. He kicked it like he was throwing a boomerang, and it, that oh. thing kept spinning towards the sideline. <laughs> he didn't have to do the man like that. That's not I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like some kookaburra wings from the Outback Steakhouse. Kirby's going to start dropping crocodile Dundee references every time he talks about Brett now. Yeah, Kirby, Kirby, I mean, here we go. Doing Australian ashes and off. He's gonna, they're gonna run a fake punt. Brett Thorson, the the ball is gonna so, kind of sail wide of the mark. Kirby's like, I don't know, man. I think he was eating blooming onion or something. <laughs> His hand was slippery. Uh, no, but hey, that punt traveled. You know, I saw some people talking about it, how it hit at the twenty. I think that ball hit at the fifteen. That thing traveled. It was a carry. If you're a golfer. A 61-yard carry on that on that punt, which is big, was big stuff. I mean, that's a big deal. So it was and a 61-yard carry on that punt. I didn't realize it in, in real time until I got to go back and see a replay. I thought I thought you know it was a great punt and, and a great play by Nylon Green. They didn't even need Nylon Green there. That ball was no. going out of bounds regardless. Nope. Yeah, unbelievable. It was that it was a great thing. effort from Nylon Green. He tried hard. Right. That was an old lady luck moment from uh, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew C. says, get out there and recruit Coach Searles. I think Georgia's got a really nice recruiting class going at the offensive line spot as well. Uh, Monroe Freeling, uh, a standout, probably one of the best offensive tackles in this class, period. Kelton Smith can cross-train between guard and tackle. Uh, Josh Miller, a guy that they really love. Uh, this is a this is a nice group that they've got going. And credit to Stacey Searles for uh, holding it together and building further. And yep. they've got dudes waiting in the wings. They've got dudes. Every player that starts for Georgia right now on the offensive line is redshirted, and uh, they've they've got a lot of red shirts in the pipe right now. So it's, that's a good uh, position to use the red shirt on. Yep. Yeah. Let them grow. Let them grow. Uh, y'all, thank you so much. We could have talked about this game for much, much longer than we did. All the overflow commentary is over at dogshq.com. We kind of adhere to the 24 rule like the team does. We're going to start focusing on Mississippi State this week, but there is plenty, plenty, plenty over on dogshq.com and our YouTube channel to relive this win. Uh, I worked on a feature about Vince Dooley. Got to hear from uh, Matt Stinchcomb, Buck Ballou, uh, Brad Nessler, Paul Feinbaum, Ryan McGee all had some great things to say about Coach Dooley. I know it was another uh, emotional start to this game honoring Coach Dooley and uh, Charlie Trippy. You can check that out. I also went downtown last night and talked to some Georgia fans who were reveling in the win, some evergreen content, if you will, uh, that is pretty fun to watch no matter who you root for. And then, of course, the actual hard-hitting news on the other Bulldogs and on the recruiting trail coming from these fine gentlemen on the screen with me later on this week, including the big question, Jake, you mentioned George's depth on defense. We got some injury questions that we're still trying to answer, and I know we'll have uh, updates on that uh, if you're a Georgia fan trying to stay in the know as Georgia gets ready for Starkville. And there's a lot to talk about there too, guys. Winning on the road in the SEC, as I say, every time we get together it's hard and uh, a game like this one 
kind of hard to come down from sometimes. So we'll see how the dogs go about that. For Jake, Jake, and Palmer, I'm Wes. Hit subscribe. $1 for one year at Dogs HQ Premium. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us. Y'all have a great week. We'll do it again soon.